up everybody welcome to the next guy up podcast weekend preview we've got a super exciting episode for everybody this weekend we've got football we've got bowl games we've got transfer Mm -hmm. portal fantasy playoffs are starting for everybody uh the boys are fired up for a weekend full of football we've got a little bit of a different schedule we've got christmas parties we've got you know it's christmas time so uh we've got me and zach now and then me and Mason in a little bit, and then me and Zach will come back and wrap you guys up. But without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Zach, you just missed our fantasy playoffs by Jalen Hurts taking the knee. How do you feel? Man, what a bummer. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we ended up with like a four. It was like a four-way tie for the last two playoff spots. So those two teams went, and so Mason ended up riding over me, even though I beat him. I beat uh, I beat him. No, he beat me a couple weeks ago, and then I won this week, and he lost, but he still went it over me. So uh, it was a really tough break. I had to think back to that week where Jalen Hurts took a knee and, and lost me that game in a tie. Uh, kept me out of the playoffs. I thought I had a run in me. I really did. I was kind of excited. I didn't I didn't exactly know what the tiebreaker was going to be. I think it ended up being we split the the series. Me and Mason did in the regular season, and so. I think it came down to total points scored, which he did. He did outscore me so fair and square. He won, but I just think back to that knee that would have would have put me automatically in the playoffs. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. That's a tough, tough way to go out. Uh, <laughs> I really feel like my team is pretty good too. That was the bummer. I it feel is. like I had a chance. Yeah. I had a chance to make a run. You know, Austin Eckler had some injuries throughout the season that that really kind of put a damper on my team. Debo Samuel was injured for, for some stretches there too. And so I had some star players uh, not be super healthy throughout the year. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, really my goal is always not last place. And we hit that. Yeah. Uh, no waffles for me this year. No waffles. And you still have a chance to win the loser's bracket. So you can win I your can money still back. make my money back yeah. on the loser's bracket. I think I've got a decent chance at that. So. You know, I'm out here battling still. I just I was setting my lineup earlier. I'm ready to go to war still. Fantasy's not over. I'm uh, uh, I'm yeah. actually I matched up against your dad this weekend. We have mm. I think we have a budding riv- rivalry in the fantasy. Yeah. Uh, it's been brewing for the last couple of years. We like to poke at each other a little bit. Uh, he's got multiple guys in his starting lineup that are out and they're playing tonight. So I'm monitoring that <laughs> mostly. Uh, just, oh, that would be devastating. First yeah. round of the playoffs. If he starts guys that are injured and out, he will. <laughs> the conspiracies will never end from him. He will He'll be like, back in the day, we didn't schedule these Thursday night games. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, so I definitely don't want to tell him because I just want to see him just get so mad. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be something. Boy, throw a season away out of some. That would be tough. That would, that would be, tough. be tough. So. It's good. I haven't made the playoffs the last two years, so I, I yeah, made it. I feel like it's I, been a while for me as well. So I made. It. I was the. I was the. The four, four top four team, so felt good. Have a nice record. My team full yeah. of Jaguar players, so that was need nice. The, need the boys to show up on Sunday night. But I will say I don't know how how my dad did it because he he basically threw the draft after about the third round. He started just picking like old people, like old guys. Yeah. And then Keenan Allen all of a sudden like went off this year and he ended up with like a good team somehow. I traded him I traded him Travis Kelsey. Um Oh, that was a mistake probably. Yeah. No, Travis Kelsey. He traded me it was like a straight up he gave me Evan Ingram and somebody else for Travis Kelsey. And Ingram, I believe, is having yeah, Evan Ingram is the fifth rated tight end. And Travis Kelsey is never mind. He is the first. Didn't realize he was having that good of a year. Oh, I just looked at his stats. He had a game where he had like two hundred yards and three touchdowns. I would probably do it. That'd yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he has moved. He has changed his lineup. I just checked. That guy. Oh, what about me? Now I got to play him at full strength. 
Oh, you gotta bring, you gotta bring bring the whole heat. Huh? Dang it! I was hoping he was, he had Keenan Allen, so and he's not playing tonight. <laughs> so I was hoping oh, he was. Oh, that's gonna hurt him though. Keenan Allen, I feel like has been his like ace in the hole. Yeah, for sure. And he has still he still has CJ Stroud in his lineup, who's I don't think is gonna play. Uh, but, but that's some fantasy talk. I know no one cares about anybody else's fantasy team in the world. That's true. That's true. Um, all right, so we have got a big. There's a lot going on in college football without a lot going there on. There's not yes. ball games start this week. Uh, me yep. and Zach were talking before. They're not good this week at all. Um, in college bowl games, you know they are kind of hard to bet and keep up with right now with as many transfers and guys protecting themselves for the draft. So it is just yep. a whole new world of trying to bet and look at these games and seeing who does care. You know, who's got guys playing and who doesn't. Um, so it's yeah. definitely made it interesting. Maybe maybe some of the luster of bowl games has fallen off just because of all this transfer stuff. Yeah, but, I, heard, I heard another podcaster describe it as like an exhibition games almost more than like, like a meaningful game at the end of the year, which I think is probably accurate. Yeah. I think it's I a fun that. way to showcase like – players who maybe will be in different positions next year. It's a nice opportunity to, sh- to just kind of have some fun with your team. But I, all in all, I do think that they have lessened impact with the exception, maybe like the, uh, the new year six bowl games. I feel like people will still show out for, and I feel like those, the playoffs obviously do, but for a lot of the lesser bowl games, it's kind of just a chance to, for your players to get one last chance on the field to, to look at some different types of people and, and kind of have one fun game with the, against a team you normally wouldn't schedule. Right. Which I think is fun. And I've seen a lot where coaches of younger teams um, that aren't getting hit with the transfer portal like the bowl games because mm-hmm. it's extra practice. So you get a lot more practice for your oh, yeah. guys. Um, for sure. More Because you don't get as many reps anymore. They've really cut down on how much you're allowed to practice. So it yeah. does help as far as like developing young young guys and maybe showing out for your recruits, but there are definitely some very big names in the transfer portal. I've, I've got like the quarterbacks listed, but there's, I mean, there's plenty of other big players. Oh yeah. That that like, I mean, I can't even keep up with it all. Honestly, it's until it's, I'm glad we have such a, like a long break from end of the season to the beginning of the next. So you can figure out where everybody landed. Yeah, and there's a couple players who are still kind of up in the air, which is like, um, I feel like Nebraska's been getting a ton of attention in the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, McCord from uh, from Ohio State, what's really thought to be going there, uh, and he kind of recently pulled back and said, nah, probably not. There's a couple big names who, uh, there's a five-star from Georgia yeah, who also was thinking Nebraska as well. And so I don't know that they've got something going on down over there. I think they might be hitting the portal very hard. They've got some big NIL money, and Matt Rule, for as yep. much of like, like a disaster as he was with the Carolina Panthers, he was yep. a very good college coach. I mean, he turned around a bad Temple program. He took over Baylor after all of their kind of stuff went down, and they were in shambles. And he took them to being back to like the top of the Big Twelve. So I mean, he's yeah. a very good college coach, very good recruiter. And he's good with quarterbacks, and that's if you can get a good quarterback and develop him in college, that's what makes you different than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think people are already circling Nebraska next year as like probably going to be a much better team. They were yeah. not very good this year, but you could tell that um, they kind of had some potential. And I yeah. think with a, with a really big class coming in, and uh, they can get some good players in those positions. I think they could be very good. I agree for sure. So a couple of the quarterbacks I wanted to hit on. Um, Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon. So it seems like Oregon is going to I know, just replace keep, him, man. Keep tapping into the transfer portal to that way they never have to go to a young, unproven quarterback, which makes sense if you if you're a team like Oregon who's just stacked at every other position. Um, it Dylan is an interesting Gabriel, strategy. Just be like, let's plug in a veteran who we, who's proven himself already, not have right. to worry about like a five-star quarterback who may end up being a flop in college, you know? Right. I feel like Dylan Gabriel, he fits this Bo Nix uh, 
yeah. category of dude's been in college forever. I feel like, yeah. I mean, he was at True. Florida. He was at Florida State, and then he was at USC, UFC, and then uh, he was at Oklahoma this last year, where he put up some video game type numbers in that offense. And then now he's at now now he's at Oregon. So just been around forever. Um, Notre Dame is going back to a you know another older college player, uh, Riley Leonard from. Yeah. Duke is transferring to Notre Dame. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna give them the same hype that Sam Hartman did. Like he's a good player, um, fits their what they want. Athletic guy who can just get the ball to where it needs to go. But do they have the athletes and receivers and all that stuff to make a real difference when they have to go ahead and uh, <laughs> go ahead and. Cast. I'm gonna go ahead and lock lock in my Notre Dame not to make the playoffs next year uh, uh, ticket. My, it might only be like minus six hundred this time. I mean, there's twelve spots, so I mean, there is a lot of oh. there's a lot of potential there. Ooh, yeah, um, you're taking a gamble. No, they're gonna get a little bit of a They're gonna get Notre Dame in if there's twelve. They'll stretch for sure. Yeah, they'll do whatever they can. <laughs> uh, but Riley Leonard, he's a good player. He he had a good year for yeah. Duke. I really expected him to land at Texas A&M with his old head coach. Um, yeah, so that was a surprise to me. You got to hate it. I hate it for Duke. Um, I feel like they've kind of clawed their way out of the trenches and then just basically be starting over. Again. Right. I saw they hired, uh, they hired somebody's defensive coordinator to be the – oh, Kentucky's defensive coordinator to be their head coach. Uh-huh. So, hmm. who knows? Interesting. And then, let's see. Uh, those So, those are the two big quarterback names that have officially landed somewhere. Yeah. And then you've got DJ U of Clemson, then Oregon State. He's now back in the transfer portal, and he's getting some looks from Florida State, Mississippi State. Looks like those are going to be his final two. He was in the running for the Ohio State. Um, like he was saying he was going to transfer there, but it looks like they don't really want him anymore. Um, yeah. Because it looks like Cam Ward from Washington State, which if you're not – if you're not a fan of Pac-12 teams or gambling, you probably have no clue who this kid is. Um, but he is a he's electric. Washington State just could not ever put a team around him. But he is in the same yeah. like mold of a C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, like super athlete, great arm. Um, he will be dangerous if he goes to Ohio State because of just what they have at receiver every year. Um, this will be the best team he's ever played on hands like head and shoulders. And he mm. was, he was putting up good stats at Washington state when they couldn't yeah. figure out how to get him a receiver. So that's what I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Cause Ohio state, it's weird. Like their whole team just entered the transfer portal. And now there's rumors Crazy. that, that yeah. Jason day is shopping himself to the NFL. Like he's trying to, he's trying to get an NFL job. Maybe not even as a head coach, but he'd take like an offensive coordinator job, and that's weird. It's and man, it's it's wild that just a couple of games against Michigan can just take your whole like <clears throat> legacy and just put it in question. You know, you win every well, game except for these three games versus Michigan or whatever it's been, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, hmm, is he a good coach? He's only lost seven games ever since taking over for Urban. It's crazy. And one, and like two of them being playoff games. Yeah. But that's wild. I've heard that there's some recruiting violations that are about to pop up on him. And yeah. he doesn't want to deal with it because he's in shambles out of there. The whole Big Ten, just they tell on it. So that's the one thing the SEC, uh, we stand together. We, we, uh, <laughs> we, we hide stuff for each other. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Ohio State went after Michigan for the stealing of signs. And now Michigan is calling them out on some recruiting violations. They came right back at them. Yeah. yeah. It's they, they don't stand for each other. At least, you know, SEC were like, all right, well, at least we'll get Bama. Bama's in there. Let's hope they win. It makes us look good. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Big Ten likes to destroy itself. Yep. Um, I did I did just look to Kyle McCord, the Ohio State quarterback who just turned down Nebraska. A lot of rumors are saying he might be headed to Syracuse, which would be very interesting. Uh, that's like the number one place that he's been looked at to land. So, 
I wonder if he's like we'll from be the buried. area or something. Yeah, they, I don't know. Because they got a new head coach coming in. Uh, they lost a lot in the transfer portal and the draft. So that'd be an odd choice. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he was very good anyway. No, I don't think he is either. Yeah. So maybe it's good that he's going to go somewhere where he can just kind of be mediocre and finish out his college days and get a grad, yeah. grad assistant job. And I mean, if there's a, a question at multiple good quarterbacks going to Nebraska as well, that might have pushed him away. Like he didn't want to get benched. That's true. Well, and, I mean, they have. If they get somebody else. Because they have Purdy's little brother, who I think will keep the job unless somebody crazy transfers in. Because that five-star recruit, they they may be a flip from Georgia. He's, I mean, yeah. he's a freshman. I don't think they're going to roll with a freshman yet. Yeah. I think that's that could be true. There should be a lot of competition there. That's probably accurate. Yeah, I don't. I think he just wants to go somewhere where he can start. He he had to sit for a while at Ohio State. He came in with CJ, so he was behind Justin and, yeah. CJ, and CJ Stroud. This I think that's why he got to start this year because he put in the time and. Mm. Kind of like a Joe Milton thing, where he was he was loyal, greatest. but yeah. but he got rewarded for his loyalty in a sure. year that maybe maybe shouldn't have, but is what it is. And um, uh, I know I know we have a lot of Tennessee fans out there, so just real quick, uh, Tennessee in the portal has been it's if you've been following it at all, you you've seen a pattern, and it's like the entire secondary has left for the portal <laughs> like and i say that and it's almost not a joke it's like seven or eight of our secondary are gone to other places lane kiffin was in town a few days ago he kind of posted some like he usually does he was trolling yep posted some pictures from like the knoxville airport and stuff uh and then a couple days later it's rumored that we had some uh some players that are probably going to end up going to Ole miss and transferring there which is a big bummer. A couple of starters on defense. And I, I think it's just <laughs> people, and I still wonder what's happening. You wonder if it's like they're making a switch at um, the like the secondary coaching staff uh, and people know that and so they're leaving. Or you wonder if they're bringing in a ton of new talent that they're planning on. A lot of the people who are leaving are older guys who are just honestly not super good. <laughs> and who have never really gotten to that next level. And so where they just realize they're probably going to be getting passed up for starting spots next year if we get some transfer guys in. So you wonder which is the reality. Is it they're jumping ship before a, a new coach comes in? Or is it they're afraid that they're about to get passed up by better people? So I hope it's the latter, but here we are. Have Has Tennessee really had like any big name like like rumors of getting – Getting a transfer, I know they were kind of they were trying to get that guy from Texas A and M. That is the worrisome part of the fall of it is there have been a couple of of people that we've been looking at and all of them have fallen through almost. We had a couple of uh, tight ends who we we wanted but have flipped, and so it's been really weird. We had a five star uh, defensive lineman who ended up basically flipping to Colorado. Um. He was like the last five star on the board. And then we've had a couple of uh, tight ends, like I said, come in and then cancel visits and things like that. And so it is a little worrisome about um, some of our off season so far. I think things have not been going super well. So again, it's either there is a long game and we're turning down people or not pursuing certain people because we know that there's others that are going to be there or we're missing out on people and, we're in trouble. So I, I honestly don't know which it is at this point. I think it's kind of a mystery. Well, I feel like Are we, we didn't playing really, chess or checkers and losing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Hypel does. He does like his classes that he's recruited the last few years. And I, and I, I don't really feel like we hit the portal super hard last year either. As far as adding, I know we, that's where we got like Bo, right? Bo from USC, the receiver or brew. Um, brew McCoy. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, other than that, I can't think of any big transfers um, in. Keenan Peely from BYU, he came in uh, as linebacker, and he got injured in, like, the first two games. Right. Uh, and that really, really derailed some of our uh, season because he we were kind of relying on him to be a starter. 
Yeah, he was the play. Oh, he's announced. He's announced he's coming back though next oh, year. Okay, which is great. Um, I do feel like Hypel is yeah. a guy who who likes his classes and likes to develop them, and so now we're because this should be what his second big class that he brought in as far as recruits. Uh, he's been here. I think that sounds right. Yeah, this is year four. So this this should be year four and year five is when you really start seeing your coaches like true guys like all the guys he inherited should be gone by now and this should be strictly guys he recruited and now transfers in at this point. Yeah, yeah, and there was another one other name to to have in mind is uh, Walter Nolan. He was that big Texas A and M defensive tackle you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um. He was recruited uh, by Tennessee pretty heavy before going to A&M. And so there is a lot of talk about him coming. It looks like he's probably going to Oregon. He looks like they might be stacking up a pretty hefty class. Uh, but I think Tennessee is basically second place in that one right now. Justin Jolly was that tight end who flipped, who ended up going to um, – I think they just announced he's going to NC State. So it was weird, okay. some weird stuff happening, honestly, in the portal. We've taken a lot of L's, it seems like. <laughs> so I don't know where that's going. But listen, we got we got Nico next year. That's all we need, right? Nico and Squirrel White. Boy, I hope so. Yeah, boy, I hope Nico is pans out to be at least some of what he's expected to be, or else we will be in trouble. <laughs> yep, that's true. Um, so last college news, maybe here, uh, there are some bowl games this weekend. None of them are particularly intriguing, to be honest with you. Um, but we did have a Heisman winner come out of the weekend. Jaden Daniels officially won the Heisman. It seems like it was pretty, uh, it was pretty conclusive. I think he won by a decent margin over Penix. Yeah. And so shout out to Jaden Daniels, who even I, which I think was the right call. If you look at the numbers alone. Uh, it was insane. Yeah. Uh, insane gap between him and everyone else. But Penix did have a, a really good season. So did Bo Nix, honestly. So, right. Um, I do like when they don't just make the award just like quarterback of the team that was, you know, had the best record or something. Um, which is basically what the NFL does with the MVP, I think. Exactly. Like Jaden Daniels, for as much as you want to say, like, his team lost three games. Well, he doesn't play on the defensive side. His defense was giving up like almost 50 points a game. He put up video game numbers. Like you can compare it to like Lamar Jackson's year where he won yeah. uh, the Heisman and yeah. his team was nowhere near any kind of contention for anything. Uh, Jaden Daniels had better stats of rushing and passing. So uh, it was it's fun, fun to see him win. Uh, I like Jaden Daniels. He's got a good story. Like when he transferred yeah. from Arizona state, all his, former teammates for making videos, making fun of him. Like, we don't care. We This guy was trash. Get him out of here. And then uh, he's got a Heisman uh, Trophy, and he's probably going to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. He's going to so, get a bag for sure. Yeah. Yeah. he's He Cut definitely has helped his draft stock immensely. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to give my, my best matchup of the weekend here. Um, yeah. Is that right, Tins? Yeah, let's do that. Yep, and then we'll do the kick. We'll throw it. We'll throw it. Okay. So uh, my best matchup, I'm actually not going to pick a bowl game. I am going to dive into college basketball because there is a lot of basketball happening this weekend. A lot of really good basketball. So first is on – I'm actually going to give three games to watch for. I'm going to just quickly run through them, uh, not spend a ton of time. But uh, UConn-Gonzaga, number five and ten in the country, play on Friday night. That is going to be a really good game against some very good teams. Uh, that's in like a tip-off tournament, uh, like so a neutral court. Uh, but you like seeing these top these top ten teams go at each other to see in the beginning of the year before we kind of before we settle into some conference schedules, especially with Gonzaga has such a soft conference schedule. I think this could have a big, big impact on seeding coming into the end of season. So that's number one. Next game, a huge game, North Carolina-Kentucky. A couple of Blue Bloods playing each other on a neutral court. Uh, Kentucky is 7-2. and two. It Took a very bad loss to UNC Wilmington recently. And so some people are saying that Kentucky is washed. I don't, 
some people are saying that. Some. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina also seven and two. Obviously, looked very good against Tennessee earlier this season, but that was at at North Carolina. So, uh, I think this is their number nine and fourteenth ranked in the nation. So a good matchup to see who's who there. And last one, the biggest one of the week on Peacock streaming. Fun fact is Arizona and Purdue, number one and number three, facing off against each other. Arizona undefeated thus far. Purdue's only loss coming at that um, at the championship game of that tournament that they played in. I forget which one it was called. The Maui Invitational. Yeah. Uh, Zach Eady is a freak of nature. Should be in NBA. I don't know why he's still playing against children in college. <laughs> Just because he thinks it's fun. I don't know. Uh, but that's going to be a good one to see kind of where that top is. I think a lot of people are... You know, I think people think Purdue is very good because they are, but Arizona has also looked very good so far. So, yeah, a fun one there. Some really big name top ten teams matchups this weekend. So, I I love this Arizona team. Uh, I'm yeah pretty big on them as as the college basketball season kind of takes over a lot of our like college football news and even NFL once it kind of wraps up. I'm gonna be beating the drum for Arizona. I think pretty hard. I like them in Kansas. They're like. My two teams. Kansas right is now. very good as well. Yeah. Um, so over Arizona, Purdue, you got Arizona tens. Yeah, I got Arizona. Hmm. I'm not a believer in Purdue, but you're also yeah, you, talking. <laughs> I, I took Curly <laughs> Dickerson money line last year, and I said it all day. <laughs> took the 16 seed to beat the one seed uh, at fr- that Friday morning because we were all together hanging out wow. watching uh, the games at Mason's apartment. I said it at 8 o'clock in the morning. I said, Purdue is losing today, guys. I'm just letting you know. And my only How much did you bet on that? Yeah, you won. bucks. only money on it, though. Yeah, I put 10 bucks on it. I wish it was 1000 Dang. It was plus uh, 1800 money line for – I mean, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's parlay levels. That's like a – Yeah, it is. It's like a wild parlay that you just hope half of it hits. Normally, I would say I would rely on a team with a big man to kind of step up in those scenarios, uh, but they did not. They did so, not. We'll see what happens. I think a lot of teams are jumping on the bandwagon, though, of, of playing really tough games early in the season uh, like, so that like you that. have a lot. Well, for one, it makes for really interesting early season stuff, but secondly, I think your teams are much more prepared when March comes around to play those big games, which has been yep. Tennessee's Achilles heel for a long time. Yep. And so Tennessee has played one of the toughest schedules in the nation. And I think it's gonna I think it's gonna pay off. Whether we win whether we go deep in the tournament or not, I think it's gonna at least prepare them for that. So I agree. And then it helps you play different styles. Like for right. the most part in your conferences, everyone plays the same kind of basketball. Like like the Big like Ten everyone, or like a yeah. Right. Big Ten, everyone's playing half court. Uh, slow pace offense and so when those teams go to the tournament and play a team that plays run and gun I think that's where you see a lot of upsets so play people that are outside of your conference go play the Pac-12 go play the Mountain West or the SEC and and get those games against teams that play different styles and like you said I think it helps for March Madness for sure agree I think it makes for entertaining yeah, it makes it fun too. Yeah, because instead of us like watching a, a very bad bowl game, we can. I mean, we'll have it on. I'm not gonna lie to the people. I've got four screens for a reason. Uh, <laughs> I'll have them on, but I'll also have on these very important college basketball games. Right. Okay. Well, I think it's time that we kick it to Tens and Mason. Uh, they are going to break down the NFL this week, and then we're going to wrap it up at the end. So here they are. All right, guys, so you just heard from me and Zach. Uh, so now it is time for me and Mason to dive into the NFL part of the podcast. We're going to do our NFL recap of this last weekend, get into our best matchups of this upcoming weekend, and then we will get going on the gambling side of things. So Mason, NFL recap, I thought it was fitting that we put the Titans at the top of the list because they broke a 767-game streak this Monday night. What a wild Monday night. Both under huge underdogs, both yeah. pulling the upset. <laughs> Imagine if you had parlayed them together. It'd been probably a pretty, pretty nice return. Well, that's crazy that you ask that, Tins. And he didn't even know he set that up perfect because I have this stat 
$208,122.05 is how much you would have uh, won if you would have bet $100 on Monday Night Underdog and rolled it over the past five weeks. So if you would have just bet the underdog money line the past five weeks, but that includes the two Monday night games, the two uh, underdogs, you would have won and rolled it over each time. You would have won $200,000. Yep. Cause it's a pretty penny. Yeah. Cause it's Jag- been all underdogs. Yeah. The Bengals beat the Jags last week. Yeah. And then I don't remember. And they the were before underdog. that. Yeah. Huge, huge uh, upset. So if you're if you're thinking, you know, I'll just throw in an extra leg on a parlay. Uh, this is a huge like fan favorite. This is a huge favorite, ten point favorite. You might want to check again because there's been some upsets, and we'll break it down here in a little bit. On everything's coming down to the stretch for the playoffs, but I do want to go back to this game. I'm gonna be honest. I've not I've not been a Will Levis fan, but he sure did he he sure did buy, buy me in a little bit. I'm gonna be honest about that. He 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 put some bait out there. I may have took a little bit of it because uh, he he looked good. He looked like a fighter. He was all pumped up. He got me pumped up. If anybody that was watching that game, it was the Titans fumbling on a punt return, and I was like, it's over. And there we had some group texts going, and people was like, I hope you didn't turn your TV off because uh, there's a comeback coming. And we sure did. And Will Levis drove it down with no problem. And then Tua had the ball, and he's like shaking his head. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time. I got this. And Checked a sack. Down. Oh, yeah. No, you got a sack. A sack, right. yeah. Without Simmons on that line, by the way. So yeah. the heck of a win. Uh, I don't know if it – I will go ahead and – and say that my matchup, if you were listening last week, uh, my matchup of the week last week was this game, and it did not disappoint. And I was trying to, and I said, which one's going to happen? Are we going to see if the Titans can be anywhere like close to being good? Are they tanking for real? Or are the Dolphins, are they are they good or not? Are we going to figure that out? Because so far they win against really bad teams and they lose against really good teams. Well, so actually this past week, and I hate to say it to my Titans fans, we're not like, we're not a good team, but we won that game and we beat the dolphins. So I don't know what you take of it. I know Tyreek Hill was off the field for a little bit. So if people want to say that's, that's the reason why they lost, but you can't just, lose because of that one player you got waddle out there you got moster out there you got a chain out there so they yeah. should pick up the pace but they did they just they were struggling yeah as as far as injuries go i have a i you can't place it on one player i don't think there's any team in the nfl right now who is super healthy and not having some major injuries at this point except for maybe the chiefs they're the only yeah. team i can really think of that which I mean, Pacheco's out for them, which that's not like the biggest deal. Um, no, I think it kind of showed where the Dolphins are to me that they are kind of a paper tiger. Um, they, like you said, they beat bat, they beat and they beat them bad. They beat bad teams, but they don't have a win against a winning record. Um, I, I, you can count the Broncos, but the Broncos have kind of like did a one eighty on their season since losing to the Dolphins. Yeah, which they're still. I mean, they're barely. Uh, have a winning record anyway so i that's why when you were talking about how the dolphins had the they had the one seed uh destiny in their own hands you know if they if they were to have won out or did what they're supposed to do one they'd get the one seed have home field advantage all playoffs in miami and now they've opened this door where actually the bills have a path to win the NFC or AFC East now, wow. uh, it's it's not it's not likely, but it's not it's not the wildest thing I ever heard. So the scenario goes that the Dolphins still have the Ravens, the Cowboys, and the Jets, and if they were to go one and two before Week 18 when they play the Bills, uh, the Bills just have to win, I think, two more games, which they have. They have the Jets, the Chargers, which Justin Herbert just went on IR for the rest of the year, and the Cowboys this week, which they're actually a they're a favorite over the Cowboys. So I'm kind of interested 
in the thinking of that, like where'd that line come from? Um, it, it is definitely a Bills line. Like, I mean, it's a home favorite under two and a half. So Vegas knows something that we don't. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we could be looking at week 18 being for the AFC East when just six days ago the Dolphins were thinking one seed. And now they're now they could be very possibly fighting for a, a wild card spot. I mean, this AFC is just it's it's wild. There's no I don't think there's any clear cut like dominant team or team that's like head and shoulders better than everyone else like you normally get. There's normally like like if you look at the NFC, I would say the 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys are the top three. When you look at the AFC, you could pick anybody to win the AFC and I, I wouldn't like be surprised. Like you can make an argument for all of them. So it's definitely yeah. making for a very fun end of the year. Um, Which the Ravens have a one game up against uh, the Dolphins at 10 and three. However, they are playing the Jags. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence looks a little healthier, uh, looks a little better the next week. Um, it wasn't really his fault though. I'm going to be honest during that game a lot of it was just it was an overall team the jags what oh no i'm talking about no no no, oh, I'm okay i'm frozen uh, my end but you're good no yeah so but the dolphins uh if you're any if you're the ravens chiefs the jags uh, and you see the dolphins lose that game you're wondering oh we have a chance now especially with them not looking good and some of the teams playing the dolphins in the next couple weeks so we'll see but you got the ravens and then the dolphins at nine and four you have the chiefs that lost their game last week very controversial you've already heard it so we're not going to really break it down but you know the play that got called back so they lost that game and now they're at eight and five they play the patriots which is three and ten this upcoming week the jags play the ravens that's probably the biggest game, which you will a sneak peek, kind of break down here a little bit. And then it does get, I think, so it gets a little watery and you're like, it could go either way at the top. Here at the bottom is like where I'm just like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. The Browns are at eight and five, but they have creeping up on them. The Steelers at seven and six. You have the Colts at seven and six. You have the Texans at seven and six. The Broncos, which you talked around a big turnaround at seven and six, the Bengals at seven and six, the Bills at seven and six, and then drops off after that. But that's a lot of teams that you're like, holy cow, and a lot's riding on it. So that's a um, log jam. Yeah. I, I think the Browns are technically still alive for the one seed as well. Um, that's they still, crazy. They still have the Ravens and Bengals. Um, so the AFC North. I and don't, they play the you, Bears this week. So if they win out right. and some yeah. teams lose, it's yeah, cool. no, this is, this is a, this is the most wide open the AFC has been because I think we got so used to the last few years, the chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. Yeah. And then before that it was Tom Brady and the Patriots mm-hmm. and Peyton Manning and the Colts and big, big, big Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Like those were the set guys in the playoff spots. They would kind of trade around having the first overall seed normally the yeah. Patriots but this this I like I do prefer it this way of having a little bit more wide open it makes the rest of the year a little bit more exciting um and because sometimes makes, you well go ahead no I was just it just makes it feel like anyone still has a chance yeah home sure. field home field advantage is a big deal in the playoffs yeah I've been to a home playoff game it is a whole different experience like it's it's a fun crazy time and they won while you were there as well. Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping to re- repeat that. I'm trying to get down there for a playoff game. The the tickets go on uh, sale tomorrow. I'm gonna try and get some. That'd be exciting. Well, um, I will say you brought up, and I'm kind of backtracking to the Browns how they have a chance. I found this crazy stat: Joe Flacco's back, everybody. In the last two start, he's had five touchdowns. Kenny Pickett has had twelve starts. He's been out with Trubisky. You want to know how many touchdowns he's had? Throwing. These are all throwing. Seven. He had six. So you're talking 12 starts, and he's had six touchdowns. Touchdown passes. And Joe Flacco's had two starts. He's 38, everybody. And he's had five touchdowns. Off the couch. He literally straight up said it. He was just like waiting. He was on a practice 
He was on the Browns practice squad. Didn't even think he was going to play off the couch. Five touchdowns. So do I like the Browns? Uh, but he's kind of fun to root for at this point. You're talking about somebody that's kind of at the I, back end. Yeah. So I, th- I think what I would like is the Browns Ravens to play each other in the playoffs. That'd be interesting to watch. Just because Joe Flacco see the- returns to Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the the and- guy who brought him a Super Bowl. <laughs> And I actually think that they could legitimately beat them with that defense yep. being as good, if not better, than the Ravens' defense. They can run the ball like the Ravens can. It's be It would be very similar. Well, besides the quarterbacks, because yeah. the quarterbacks are very different. you got a hybrid. Which, well, yes. I don't know. Joe Flacco was running around like he was 21 uh, <laughs> against the Jags this last weekend. I yeah. Would- I, I kept seeing defenders bounce off of him and him scramble around. I was like, what is happening in my life right now? <laughs> Pretty crazy. It was down bad. So I do want to break down the NFC because I know we went AFC heavy, but you got the 49ers at 10 and 3, the Cowboys at 10 and 3, and then you have the Lions, Buccaneers at 6 and 7 in their division, uh, the Eagles at 10 and 3. The Vikings at seven and six, the Packers at six and seven, and then you got the Rams, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Saints, all at six and seven. And you still have a couple teams that are actually still in contention. You got the Bears at five and eight that are apparently still in contention. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting, but we'll break some of that down, like some of the matchups for next week. I have my matchup of the week being several matchups of the week. So we can break some of that down here in a minute when it comes to the. But is there anything that kind of stands out to you when it comes to like the standings? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's unfortunate. Somebody has to win the NFC South and get a playoff game. Uh, at this point, I do think it's the Buccaneers that ends up doing that. Uh, but a team I'm kind of keeping my eye on, and I don't, I don't know that I. I I'm not trying to say they could make a Super Bowl run here. But I think the Rams are going to get into the playoffs, and with mm. a quarterback like Matt Stafford with his weapons, maybe they could pull an upset on a team that's maybe not preparing for them. Because I don't think the Rams are a team you really want to play in the playoffs because they can score with anybody. Their defense is down. I mean, they've lost a lot of pieces on that side of the ball, but they still have Aaron Donald, who is last time I checked the best defensive tackle in the league. Um, so. I, I like the Rams. I think they're going to take a, take the playoffs, the second playoff spot in the NFC West. I think the Seahawks, we're about to start seeing tumble down. Geno Smith's hurt. Even with him, I don't – I just wasn't – Drew Locke threw two picks. Yeah, I'm not I'm not high on Geno Smith anyway or their team. I think it would be in the best interest of the Seahawks to maybe lose, lose out, and get a better draft pick because they need to get a quarterback of the future because they do have some very nice young – like young players and some stuff to build around. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the NFC is pretty much 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. It's going to be one of those three. I yeah. really don't see where anyone could challenge them at this point, especially the 49ers. The 49ers, I feel like they give me like the vibe of unless you're just going to, unless they have an injury or they just, they don't, they don't show up prepared. They're not going to lose until yeah. meet up with whoever's in the Super Bowl. And even then, I don't know if anyone has the firepower to keep up with them. Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to suggest this is not an official play, but you can look at your books. Some of them have, like, you can go to the team, like, futures, go to the team, and it will say bet plus 400 for them to m- make it past the wild card or make it past the uh you know, the next round, uh, yeah. they have certain ones make it to the Super Bowl. Plus, like, it's usually really huge. Yeah. So you could kind of look and see, like, if you think that they're going to win the first round, like the wild card, but not, but they'll actually play like a, like the 49ers or whatever on a buy. Cause if they have a low seed, they're more than likely going to play that team on the buy. Then you could bet them just to, just to win the wild card. That's not like a horrible bet. I might look right. into that. So not official play because we don't even know the, the odds, but just something interesting to kind of look at because with your what those weapons and with that coach have some experience, they they're not a team to sleep on. So, yeah, and now's the time too to start taking Super Bowl matchups. Um, yeah, the price is not going to get 
any better from here out. few weeks left. I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, I mean, you could take 49ers and then just go and take them, the matchup with every AFC team. And I feel like you're going to have a pretty good chance of hitting that. And the odds it's are going to be good. Idea. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of a way of, of having some future tickets instead of just betting on a singular team to win Super Bowl because there's really no value in it right now to bet. Yeah. 49ers Super Bowl winner, I think, is like plus 250. That's crazy. Uh, and then Chiefs is next. Them and Eagles, I think, are both at like 500, depending on whatever book you're on. Um, so that's just a fun way of having I'm I'm very big in having tickets for the Super Bowl. Like it's Keeps fun to bet. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's fun to bet on the Super Bowl like day of props and everything, but I like to really just have a few of those and then just watch the game. I like to have my tickets beforehand and and that way you have something to root for in the playoffs too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree keeps things interesting so well let's transition over to the matchup of the weekend we all know tinsley so i'm gonna kick us off and i'm kind of cheating with my matchup of the weekend but i'm gonna say all day saturday yeah if you didn't know there's actually nfl on saturday uh looks like a perfect day to stay in on a cold day and watch some great matchups it's way better than i ever would anticipated all of them have winning records, and they all are in playoff contention. We start out with the – I know it's not the prettiest team. They only put up three points. I get it. But the Vikings at the Bengals, both backup quarterbacks, maybe even third strings. You got the, But they're both playoff contention, both, both winning records. Steelers at the Colts. And then you also have the Broncos comeback century over here and Dan Campbell leading Lions. So those are some fun games. Uh, is there any of those that you're just like chomping at the bit to watch? Well, chomping at the bit, maybe that would be, I don't know. I, it's funny. Both of my bets that I have going on are actually on Saturday too, but I'm really looking forward to that Broncos lions game. Yeah. If I had to pick one, I'm, I'm starting to lean into the theory that the lions might be, the NFC's version of the Dolphins, where they're not actually that good. Uh, hmm. Good offense. Uh, Dan Campbell's very overrated coach, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, and their defense is bad. Like their defense is very bad. They are they have been getting lit up the last few weeks. Um. So yeah, I'm definitely. I would lean that game. I think that game is very important for the Lions to either show people. Like, hey, no, we're still – because they, they're still like a little bit of a path for like the Packers or the Vikings to take that division from them. Yeah. So that's definitely a very important game. And I think the Colts game is big for the Colts to keep their playoff contention. But the Steelers, I think they're just a dead team walking at this point. Mr. Bisky is bad. Yeah, he's really bad. They still find ways to win games with bad quarterback play. I don't know know. how they do it, but I don't either. Well, four of those teams that I mentioned out of the eight that are playing the Steelers, Colts, Broncos and Bengals that all play on Saturday. They're all at seven and six. So I kind of mentioned it earlier, but there's a lot riding on Saturday a lot. Like if you miss out completely, then you're probably missing a big shift of like this whole picture is going to look different on Sunday before Sunday even starts. Right. Then, uh, then Saturday. So pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. I, I like when we get some Saturday games, uh, helps break it up too. Sometimes yeah. early in the season of NFL, when the first slate has like eight games going on, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to keep up with. And so. you miss a bunch of play. You're switching yeah. over. You have NFL red zone and you kind of just miss things. So it's kind of nice. I understand why not you know, like you don't want to take away college football. That's why they right. do it after like this break in between the bowl games and the season. But it's it's pretty nice. I always looked forward to like the game on Christmas or the couple games sometimes that they do on Christmas. So I enjoy a good Saturday game. It makes it feel like Sunday, and then you're like, oh, wait, I have another day of the weekend. A whole so, other day of football. Yeah. 
So right. go ahead and give your yep. exciting, like shocking matchup of the yeah, of the this, weekend. This will come to a shock to everyone. Um, I I'm really looking forward to this Jaguars Ravens game. Duh, what a shocker! Um, here's the thing. I know people that don't like the Jaguars are tired of hearing me talk about them, but suck it up, Buttercup. You can fast forward a couple of minutes. Um, this is a huge game. The Ravens now have control of the one seed. Um, they're traveling to Jacksonville. It's the first time Jacksonville's had a Sunday night football game in over 10 years. It was 12 years before we had a Monday or last time we had a Monday night football game and the Bengals came to town and Jake Browning looked like uh, prime Peyton Manning dicing us up. So that wasn't fun. I didn't like that or appreciate it, but the crowd was in it. They were hype. Um, I think, I think that, so the Jags have lost their last two games and the Ravens have looked like the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. Uh, they are a home underdog in Jacksonville. And I think these last two weeks are the exact wake up call this team needed. Uh, kind of went through some of the same things last year. Um, it's kind of funny. The Ravens were the game that we won, came back, beat the Ravens on the two-point conversion that sparked the Jaguars' run of winning the AFC South and winning six of their last seven. So I am very excited for this game. I'm very nervous for this game. Um, I have no stats or matchup analysis or anything like that. I do just want to say that the Jaguars have averaged 29.5 points their last four games. This is not – I'm so tired of seeing all this dumb stuff on Twitter about this Trevor Lawrence living up to his draft expectations. Like, the dude is doing all he can. This is not on him. Our defense has fallen off the last few weeks for some reason, and we've got, like, four-string left tackles playing against Miles Garrett last week. I don't know what anybody would have expected any better. So, I'm excited. Uh, we got some guys coming back from injury. I think it's going to be a fun game. I'm I'm taking the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points, a lot of points scored on both sides. It should be a shootout. So that's why it makes such a good team tens is because you don't got stats, but I got stats. Um, you know I, what the I, never have, I never have stats for the Jags. Well, I, I don't you like said you didn't have stats, but then you kind of did rattle off some stats. I have I got, some. I, got, I just don't yeah. like sharing them. I just sometimes but, they make me feel bad. You know what the Jags have to do? They got to stop the run. Hmm. The Ravens are first in the league with 157.1 yards, rushing yards per game. But the Jags kind of match up with the run as well. They're for, they're fourth, actually, with uh, 92.2 rushing yards per game. So it's going to be a lot of run, but I still the points are going to be there. You know, here hear some like games yeah. where it's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of running, but not a whole lot of scoring. No, this one's going to be – they can get in the end zone. Yeah. So they have to stop the run. We'll see. But then you're also like, well, if you're going to say that, the Ravens need to stop their run. They're fourth. And, yes, they're both going to zone in on the run, which will lead for both of them to do some play action, for them to sling the ball as well. But we'll see what happens. If they can kind of stop that run and then kind of yeah. make – Force, um, not Trevor Lawrence, <clears throat> Lamar. Lamar, yes. Uh, I call can, me Zach. I cleared my throat. I can live in a world where Lamar has to beat us with his arm. Yeah, I really can. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to diss on Lamar. He's having a good season passing the football. He is not a traditional pocket passer. That's yeah. what the Jags try to make teams do. Uh, yeah. We lost the Browns, or I'm sorry, the Bengals, because we couldn't stop the run one night that it was weird. I don't know what happened. We are a top five rush defense. Uh, the whole plan all year has been make teams pass the ball. Um, so, and it's worked until the last couple of weeks. I think we're going to get some stuff turned around. Like I said, we got some guys getting healthy. I think it's going to be a shootout. If the Jags win, prepare for obnoxious Jags tends to be back. Cause I haven't been obnoxious. I've mm. just been, I've been humble Jags tends lately. All right. Yeah. Um, if we win, the one seed is back on the table for the Jags. It's and true. our next three games are the, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Titans. So yeah. obnoxious Jags tend to be back. So that's my matchup of the weekend. Um, if the Jags are not playing well, don't text me. No one should better text me or be tweeting at me. I'm not going to talk to any of you. None um, of us. None of okay. you. Well, you've been warned, everybody. 
And now it is best bet time with your boys. And by the way, Zach's not in here for this one. I just want to clarify, we're not like butting heads. We're not going through like, you know, B for anything. Or are we? I don't know. Are are we? Pod drama. Pod drama. I don't know. We'll see. No, but uh, we are no. we are we are a squad at the end of the day. Some would yeah. say like a a squad of a pod. <laughs> but uh, let's go to our best bet. Uh, I'm going to kick us off. Don't look now, but the Bears they have won three of their last four games. I already told you they're kind of in playoff contention. Uh, Joe Flacco's story has been nice, but they have been inconsistent for the season. Following a win, the Bears are 3-10-1 against the spread uh, since the start of last season. Just give it short, sweet, and to the point. Give me like Bears that. plus three and a half. Why like not? Like Let's that. go Doesn't, for it. I've, we'll go Browns, ahead. I was going to say, the Browns play the number one amount of man defense, and how do you beat man defense is with an athletic quarterback who can run. Mm. Justin Fields can take off when those linebackers are running downfield, covering the tight ends and stuff. So – I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, That's how you do it right there. Should be a close game. Plus three and a half. I love getting the hook right there. I definitely take it as soon as you hear this, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to get closing value at three and a half, I'll just tell you. Which Uh is my favorite part of gambling. Uh, Sneak peek behind the curtain here. Zach always takes our our, uh, (laughs) our, our parlay like Saturday night. Uh, Sometimes go, Sunday morning. <laughs> Sunday morning, he's like, "What the? These lines are different." I'm like, "Yeah, it's they don't stay like that. People bet them and they move." <laughs> so shout he's out like, our dang guy it. Zach. He's like, uh, "Dang it! I got this at a worse line." Dang NF- it. NFL betting's a lot different than college betting. Yeah. Um. All right, my best bet, and this is this is like the second or third time I've I've had a best bet on the Colts. I've you love them. It's because I got my boy Gardner out there slinging it around. Um, But I'm taking Colts minus two and a half. Uh, The Colts offense has been consistently in the top 15 in every category since Minshew has taken over. They are playing at home. And the Steelers have got a couple pretty big injuries. Uh, um, TJ Watt and uh, Highsmith are both in concussion protocol. It's kind of tough to get out of it the same week that you play a game. Uh, those are their two – like they – not only do they depend on those guys to get after the quarterback, but they really need them to force turnovers to get their offense in good field position because their offense is not moving the ball anyway. Yeah. Um, they are their, – their offense has been very bad. The Colts' defense isn't great by any means, but they're pretty good at stopping the run, which is what the Steelers like to do, even though they're not good at it. They like to just beat their head against a wall and see if it'll finally break. And then they just count on TJ Watt doing a strip sack and setting them up for the game-winning field goal. That's pretty much – that's like their game plan. So that's it right there. With a chance of Highsmith and TJ Watt being out, that's a big blow to the Steelers' defense. Uh, the Colts are fighting for a playoff spot here, and the Colts are 4-0 as home favorites this year. Mm. So give them to me minus two and a half – the wild ponies are trying to get into the playoffs. Well, I'll piggyback off of your, uh, the Colts do well at home. The Colts have gone over their team total in six of their home games. The Colts are averaging 26 and a half points per game at the, uh, at home this season, which includes 27 or more in three straight. Hmm. Their team total is set for 21 and a half. So if you also want to buy, get that like set, but they're putting up points. So I just wanted yeah. to, Throw that little nugget in there off of your best bet. I like I like that. If you're if you're gonna bet on a team that's the favorite, I love betting their team total over because um, it, it does normally correlate. Uh, if you're gonna bet on an underdog, take an underdog spread and the under in the game. That's normally how an underdog wins is keeping the score very low. Um, that's some more nerd science we could break down for you a different day. But there's a whole betting strategy of same game parlaying uh, the spread and the under for the underdog, and it hits at a pretty decent rate. Um, all right, so that is me and Mason's best bet. 
this is the part where things are going to get a little funky. Me and Mason are going to give our parlay legs right here, and then I'm going to kick it back to me and Zach so he can give us his best bet, his parlay leg, and then we'll wrap up the episode. So, Mason, what do you got for your parlay leg? All right, so I have first quarter under. Yeah, you heard me right. Under 7.5 for the Vikings at the Bengals at minus 148. Juiced to add to the parlay. Minus seven and a half. So all we need is two field goals or a touchdown. You still get it. Um, we're talking about two teams that have backup quarterbacks, maybe even a third string. You're also talking about a team, the Vikings. We already talked about it, that had a three to zero win against the Raiders. The Vikings are also 12, zero and one to the first quarter under that is almost perfect. Everybody. We have a little wiggle room, like I said, for the touchdown, but nothing more. I like it against these two teams that start out the game slow. Give me first quarter under seven and a half for the game Vikings at the Bengals. Put it in the books. Like that. Uh, Nick Mullins has been announced the starter, so third string quarterback. quarterback. Working things out a little bit, you know, going to take some time. All right, perfect. I definitely like that. All right, I am going with Broncos plus five. I'm mm. through the key number of three here. Um, so I, th- I think they keep it within – it's going to be a close, pretty close game in my opinion. The Broncos offense has been playing very well, and their defense has had a huge turnaround in the second half of the year, forcing a lot of turnovers. Well, Jared Goff is going on a streak here lately of turning the ball over in almost every start the last four weeks. Um, that is not good winning football. Uh, so I'm going to take Russell Wilson, Broncos country. Let's ride plus five. Beautiful. All right, y'all. I'm going to kick us to me and Zach. That is all for Mason this week. We'll be, he'll be back on Monday for an awesome messing around Monday. All right. To me and Zach. Bye-bye. All right, and that was me and Mason. We broke down all that was going on in the NFL, and then we also gave our best bets in our parlay leg. So now we're going to wrap up the episode. Zach is going to give us his best bet slash parlay leg. Zach is diving back into the NFL. He hit last week. Uh, I did hit. I was, I was the losing leg. Hey. Who knew, who knew yeah. the Tommy hey. DeVito magic was going to come and get me, Wild. but it did. Uh, bump that guy and his Italian <laughs> just joking I don't want the mob after me apparently his agents in the mob she saw redact him. that <laughs> redacted <laughs> <laughs> alright my best bet of the week I am taking uh, I'm jumping on another bet kind of the back of another bet that Mason just made I am taking Bengals money line for a couple reasons actually just one I think the Vikings are bad and you're talking to a guy who has a Viking Super Bowl ticket. It is, it is Jeff Kings currently. Um, listen, uh, you can only do so much with a third-string quarterback. It is hard to win football games with a third-string quarterback, and that's what they are currently working with. So uh, for that reason, almost exclusively, well, I'll say I have a secondary reason. I think Bengals are fighting for that playoff spot right now. They have something to play for. They're they're pushing for it, and so um, – you know, Browning has looks very solid for for a backup quarterback and for what he is. And I think, um, I think Bengals take it. I think that's a pretty. I feel pretty good about that one. They're yeah. minus three, but I'm taking money line. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, the Brown, the uh, not the Browns. The Bengals are a good football team who lost their quarterback, which can sometimes be the end of your <laughs> yeah. season. But you're talking about a team that has three guys at receiver that would start for anyone in the NFL. A yeah. very solid defense with a defensive coordinator who's who should have been a head coach by now, um, and so he's he's taking care of that side of the ball. Um, so teams teams that are not like that think they're just going to roll over on the Bengals because Joe Burrow isn't there, they're going to get beat. And I do think the the Vikings now are going to have a little bit of a spiral as far as like I mean they're starting their fourth or yeah fourth different quarterback this year. It's tough. Um, and they, the same team that could only put up three points last week against a very bad Raiders team. So oh, very <laughs> ugly. Yeah. And Bengals at home, uh, the Vikings don't travel well. They like playing in the dome. Um, 
So I mm-hmm. I like the Bengals to just come out, run the ball, control, win the game, Love and it. move to eight and six, and kind of kind of further push for that wild card spot. Um, all right, so I did the math. So if you're going to take the parlay with us, guys, it is going to be a same game parlay plus or same game parlay X if you're on DraftKings, which means you can use a sweat free offer. Um, so if it loses, you get your money back, but it's not losing. Um, no, not this week. I feel good week. about it. So yeah. the first two legs, and this is actually going to all be on the Saturday NFL game. So maybe I'll cook something up and have it put out for Sunday as well. But we, we've we got Brown. Or I keep calling the Browns. I don't know why. I think it's Jake Browning. Uh, we have the Bengals money line adding under seven and a half first quarter in that game. Yeah. And then I have the Broncos plus five that brought us to a nice even plus four hundred. There you go for the parlay. Love it. Love a nice round number. Makes math easy. Four times your investment. Bingo. That's what I'm talking about. At a hundred dollars, you make four hundred. Exactly. That's easy money. That's that's the easiest. I like that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I like that math. Um, all right, so that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for joining. Make sure you're following us over on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have you know a lot going on over there with you know all our our posts, our graphics, our snake drafts, um, all that's good stuff. So make sure you're coming over there, commenting, arguing with us. We love it. Um, keep it keep it live and fresh in the comment sections. Yeah. Uh, make sure you join us on Monday for a another messing around Monday. It's the Christmas season. We're gonna have something cooked up for you guys. But until then, have a great weekend and let's hit the parlay. See ya.